The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludagear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. So if there's one thing that we know consistently about the 10th Planet crew, it's that they go intense. They they usually have these trials that they have to go through. And it, it's reminiscent of the trials that people had to go through in the Gladiator times in order to get the honor of representing their tribe, their team. And honestly, it's intense. I've seen a number of these trials on video. I've talked with the people afterwards. It's um, it's a lot to take in. So what I am going to tell you right now is I am so happy to report to you that we actually have the winner, yes, the winner of this year's trials for EBI. I think this is 18, so you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give a very kind welcome to the winner of that beast competition, Fabiana George. Fabiana, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Has it hit you yet? Has it totally like made sense that you did this amazing accomplishment yet? No, I definitely am so excited to rewatch it because I don't think that even happened. I don't think that was me. It was a different person. It was awesome, but <laughs> I have no idea. I have to rewatch it. <laughs> well, let's find out. So how is it, you know, you were saying that this has been your dream forever and you know, the nice part about that is I believe it was only about seven EBIs that they started having females on. And now you're going to get the opportunity on what? Only the third time with the females on uh, and headlining the card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've I, Since the beginning, they've always had uh, super fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be in a super fight, but I knew that there was some day that they were going to have the 115. And that that was that was the dream. So how does that happen? Are you stalking Eddie? Are you stalking your coaches? Are you basically threatening them and saying, if you don't put me on this? Like, how did that come together? No, I knew that it was just going to happen. I never stalked anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. I just knew it was going to happen. So when now we're looking at this and we're saying, okay, this was what? This was just two days ago. It was on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about who were the people who were actually uh, going in for the trials on this one? Um, so I actually didn't know any, I only knew two of the girls. Um, everyone else were just other 10 planets that I've, uh, I've never been to. Um, so I, I really didn't know the, the competition. I honestly didn't even think we were going to have that many girls. Um, I kept trying to ask Scott Ross if, um, if he knew, like if he had the bracket or how many girls or anything, any info, I was like dying to know. Um, so when, 
a couple of days before, I was like, oh, there's probably only three more girls. It'll be easy. Whatever. I get there, and I think it was a total of nine. Um, and I was just trying to watch them warm up and see, like, who are these girls? I don't know. How long have they been training? I don't know anything. But I actually, I'm super glad that I didn't know anything. That it was, everything was just like, go with the flow. Just see what happens. Everything was like that. So it was it was actually perfect. <laughs> what is the prep for that like? Are you doing more EBI rounds? Are you doing longer rounds? Are you doing shorter rounds? Like, mm-hmm. how is it that you prep? And how much out time did you know that you were going to be coming in to do this? Uh, I think I had, I think I had four or five weeks, probably around four weeks. Um, I was actually traveling around gyms. I went to, uh, to planet San Diego, um, just all the gyms around San Diego. I went to LA. Um, most of my training for the EBI trials was done in, uh, 10 planet Decatur with Brandon McCaffrey. He was actually my corner, including, uh, Scott Epstein. They were both my um in my corner and so yeah there wasn't much like ebi prep i've always done overtime rounds and training i mean they're fun to do so that's always been part of my training um oh i gotta charge my phone but um i started doing a little bit longer rounds but again i've always done eight minute rounds um so adding another two minutes wasn't a big deal i was always ready for that sure so I'm going to let you get a second to go and find a charge uh, for your phone. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk you through what was going through my head when I found out that you were in the process of being in this massively awesome set of trials. But more importantly, during a weekend where everybody is there, like they pick the eclipse weekend, which is the gathering of all the 10th planet moons. So you had a pretty wide amount of audiences and a number of black belts in that room, I'm sure, watching. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't even think about it because I knew, like, that would just freak me out, you know. <laughs> um, even, you know, having Eddie, he was he was there up close and personal watching all of the matches. And I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, everyone was there. It was it was the, uh, the 15th anniversary for 10 Planets, so it was a big deal. Um, I'm actually kind of sad. They had the holiday party the night before. And I'm just like, no, I got to sleep early. I got to be ready. What do you do when everybody else is going out and having fun and you're like, cool, I'm going to stay in? Um, I think everyone knew. They just understood uh, that that's what I needed. No one texted me. No one called me. It was great. Like They just knew, okay, she's resting. She's going to get ready. So. Okay, so talk me through your day's matches. Uh, how many did you have? How did you go about them? Because uh, the best thing that I got to see was I got to see your all finishes, which makes those of us who are spectators super happy to see. Yeah. Um, so I had three matches. I uh, The first one was super quick. Um, the girl tried throwing up like a flying arm bar and I kind of just fell back for I just saw a leg. I was like, OK, cool. Let's. I don't know. Let's see where this goes. Um, and so that was a heel hook in the first one. The second one, um, it was pretty quick as well. It was also a heel hook. Um, not as quick as the first, but again, I have to rewatch. I don't even know what happened, but, um, second one was a heel hook. And then the third one, I went the distance and I got the, the Kimura in the last 30 seconds or so. Mm. Um, I felt like I had to cook, that girl a little bit longer (laughs) so um just to make sure you know like yeah this was gonna be a finish um so i knew she had 
I think she had uh, some pretty hard matches, so she was already kind of tired. Um, she went into overtime maybe once or twice before. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I noticed this too. Uh, there's, I was kind of like breezing through, and right before we went to air, I think I saw, you know, I think it was, was it Jen who said you were about to get some people sliding into your DMs? And yes, Jen Kovar. <laughs> Jen, yeah, the amazing Jen uh, Escobar, who said that people were going to slide into your DMs. And, like, normally I wouldn't think anything of it. But then I just saw you put up somebody putting up some ridiculous thing. And I want to ask you if you don't mind saying what that was, because it actually made me laugh. Um, So I don't remember verbatim, but it was like, I'd love to give you some vegan donuts and coffee and throw flirts at your face. And you can dodge them if you like. <laughs> like, I've never heard that expression in my life. <laughs> like, it's so funny because I, I thought about it. And my first reaction when I saw Jen put that is I'm like, no, she's an EBI trials winner. We should treat her with respect, people. And then you remember the goons that can sometimes be in the sport of jujitsu. And you're just like, oh, no, this might go very badly. But when I saw you put that up, I go, okay, that's pretty funny, though. At yeah. least it's the most I, nonsense that you could find. Oh, yeah. I enjoy, like, the funny ones. If, if you guys want to send me some funny things, I, I'll get a kick out of that and I'll repost it. But, um, yeah, I haven't gotten anything crazy. Though I just got, you know, a couple of those. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that the, the sport uh, – uh, treats the women not only fairly, but like, not like weird, yeah. oddly, you know, because that, that's always a concern. So I want to yeah. ask this because this is so important to me is what does it feel like the moments after? Because you said you still haven't processed it, but what did it feel like the moment you kind of realized you're going to EBI to compete? <laughs> Um, well, there's a video of me crying like a little baby <laughs> when I realized when the, the match was over. Um, but yeah, I just, it was like a sudden realization that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. Like it was just a, a click where it's like, this is, this is your time mm. kind of thing. So, um, it was, I don't know, it was just beautiful. Cause I, I've never been like super confident or just you know one of those type of people so for me to to really feel that to really feel like this is your time that was huge mm. and what a time to feel it too oh i know <laughs> and and that's the great part is that i feel like so many people get caught up on the process of qualifying for an ebi mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily get to enjoy the ride that comes along with it, you know? And I would say this because I want to backtrack for just a second. Uh, I knew that you were training with Brandon and Catherine, and I felt like one of the things I saw that you can implement really well that Brandon was, you had these posts of him working on Mount. And all I could think of was, as I was like, that looks familiar. <laughs> and then I saw kind of how you were playing your game, and I was like, oh, yeah, you did work with BMAC. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he helped me so much. It was it was really amazing to be training out there. People are always like, why are you I went I spent a total of three weeks. It was one one just uh, one week there and then a week here and then another two weeks um, in Decatur. And people are always like, why are you going to Alabama? Why are you training there? And they're just making this face like, what the hell are you doing in Alabama? And now people can see I mean, obviously, they can see from his Instagram. He has like 
so many followers, so many people are always asking him about his technique and everything. It's like, this is why he's, he's amazing. I always call him Rafiki now because he's just all knowing. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that makes more sense, but I think Rafiki has more hair. Hey, that's not either there. <laughs> I want to make sure though, that people understand BMAC. There's a reason he's beloved in the community. Yeah. Um, that's cause he's got a good soul. But yeah, you don't really just does. get to be a good uh, soul and beloved in a way, if, especially in the sport, if you don't have great technique. And I think that's one of the best things that, you know, as you were mentioning, people may not understand that you go to Alabama, but he's produced a couple of killer of his, of his own and works with MMA teams. So Brandon yeah. has a very solid track record in his own right. Um, you know, yeah. I, anytime I get the opportunity to train with him, I literally... I, I gobble it up. There was one time over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, he just came over and he felt bad. He's like, hey, y'all want to train? And y'all was just meant as a singular to me. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'd love to train with you. And he was mopping the floor with me for an hour straight. And I was just literally absorbing every little nugget that I could just to steal what he was doing. And uh, he's just so giving in that way. So Brandon yeah. is a, a dear, dear friend. I'm glad you got to spend some time with him. What would yeah. you say, though to those individuals who maybe are doing those things? Like what are the benefits of making those like little mini camps in your experience now having seen what you were able to pull from them? Well, I mean, just getting a whole new set of people to train with, that's huge. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone should be training with as many people as possible. You, you see so many different styles. You get to, not only test your style against someone else's style, but you know, you get to learn from them. And, and I think that's huge. If you're, that's why, like, I feel like, uh, a lot of people are so like, no, I have to stay with my, my coach, my team, whatever. And I've, I've been under Drew Ash for six years and he's the head of 10th planet Boulder. And he's since the beginning, since day one, he's always been like, go train wherever you want to train, go train with as many people as possible. Cause it's, it's huge. It's really important. Um, so, and then not only that, like just having different instructors, um, the way they teach, seeing like different techniques, different little, little changes of how things are explained. It's made me a better teacher too. So to, to be able to teach things in different ways, like different ways of saying the same thing or whatever, it's really helpful. That's remarkable. I want to take another back step. So one of the things I always like to do is get a sense of where jiu-jitsu fits into your life. Where does jiu-jitsu enter in your life? Mm -hmm. um, so kind of why, why I started it and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I started doing kickboxing uh, back home in Brazil. Uh, I did it for like a year and a half there. And then once I came out here for college, I, I stopped. I didn't really think about it. But I, I knew that I wanted to find a gym out here. And I found a gym that Drew was just teaching at, and I ended up trying both kickboxing and jujitsu, and fell in love with doing jujitsu. I mean, I still did kickboxing for a while. I had one MMA fight, um, but then I had to stop because uh, I had like previous brain damage from a motorcycle accident. So I knew that 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 career had to end. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, since then I've been training under Drew. That's pretty solid. Do you feel when you were starting to come into it, like, did you feel an instant sort of want 
in terms of the training? And when did you know that you were hooked? I signed up for like a free private lesson. And I signed up that right after that private lesson. And I kept training every day since. <laughs> so I knew that it was like, it was an obsession for sure. Um, obviously, you know, injuries and whatnot happened throughout, but it was uh, since day one, just every day there. And I was, I was so intrigued with like details since mm. the beginning. It's really strange. I was always like wanting to know the little details and making sure that they were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the search for perfection is one that's very difficult for, I think, jiu-jitsu practitioners to get a hold of because it's always, yeah, this isn't going to always look perfect. It's uh, yeah. Sometimes it's grimy. Sometimes it's really, uh, oh, man, don't look at that. Just look at the yeah. finish. <laughs> Uh, and then other times it's like, you know, every once in a while you, you get one of those days where you're on fire and you're doing that. I just always wonder because there does become a moment when practitioners go from, hey, I like doing this. It's a hobby. It's fun to no, this is my way of life. Do you happen to have an instant recall of when you said, no, this is this is for real. This is what I want to do. I think it was uh, my third tournament. After I had won, uh, like all submissions, because mm -hmm. it took me a while to get submissions in, in competition. It was weird for some reason; they just weren't happening. Um, I would just win on points or something. But um, yeah, so once I got all submissions that day, I was like, "Yeah, this, this, I'm meant to be here." Mm. And and I've never had that feeling with anything like like I belong somewhere. Uh, it's really strange to describe, but that was the moment where I'm like. I'm made to do this. It was just a calling. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it's also one that people can relate to. I think there's yeah. enough of us who do this sport where we just kind of know, oh, right, I like this a lot. And also, even though it's this weird cult uh, in terms of not everybody knows it, not everybody gets it, there's like a little niche of people that really, really love it, and when they love it, they can't get away from it. But yeah. – it does become an addiction. I want to ask you a little bit about the scene out in Colorado because uh, my co-host for Verbal Tap, that's home to him. So I've gotten the opportunity to go out to train there a couple times. And for whatever reason, I remember distinctly telling him, I was like, oh, man, you know, it's really cool. And I went to this 10th planet and he just goes, I wish there was a 10th planet near me in Denver. And I was like, have you have you looked at a map? Yeah, um, so many people don't know that there's a 10th Planet Boulder. <laughs> it's so weird. And and now we just, um, my wrestling coach, uh, he opened up 10th Planet Denver mm -hmm. um, on November 1st. So that too. I'm going to send well, my co-host there. It's And hopefully one of the next times I go to visit him, uh, I will be able to do that. But he's just like, you know, the first thing I always ask him is I say, hey, man, where do you want to go when he comes out to LA to train? And he's mm -hmm. like, take me to a 10th planet. And I'm yeah. always like, well, which one? Because uh, there's so many. <laughs> there, we've, we've got a few out here. We're a little yeah. spoiled. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I do wonder, like, can you describe for those maybe who aren't in the area? Like, what is it like? What does it feel like for the Denver scene? And how does that compare to maybe the other places that you've gotten to train at? Um, just by the way, I can't see your, your camera. Oh, is this, hold on. You might be seeing, uh, a version of something. I don't know that this is going to ruin anything, okay. uh, but I promise you 
you're not missing much. So, okay, cool. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, not uh, a problem. Yeah, so the Denver scene, uh, it's not as dense as California, for sure. There's not, uh, there's not as many gyms, so it's, it's kind of sad, honestly. Like, I wish there, was, there were a lot more. Um, recently, I've seen a lot of people um, open their doors to other teams. There's um, the big team here in Colorado is Easton. Mm-hmm. And so they have a ton of affiliates around the area, different cities around the area. And they've been, you know, having open mats. We're allowed to go there. It's been really cool. There are certain gyms that don't like 10th Planet, um, unfortunately. But I think that's slowly changing. People are getting a little bit open-minded. And I think that's super important, especially with such a tiny community in Colorado. Like, we have to be more open-minded. We have to help the Colorado jiu-jitsu community grow. And that's the only way to do it. Um, so Here's an interesting guys, thing that I, I've learned. You know, I actually, when I first started my jiu-jitsu journey, I started at a 10th Planet gym out here. And mm-hmm. there was still the feeling that they were the underdog. You know, they were, they were like, no, we, nobody likes us. Yeah. And then I saw their progression go on from afar. And as I saw them progress, I was like, I always like 10th Planet. You know, I just want to do more Gi stuff as well. And yeah. I would always be a fan and a friend. And then EBI starts to hit. And then you see them become part of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And even though 10th Planet is still very much at the prominent epicenter of jiu-jitsu, I go to people like... Geo and Boogie and all these guys who have been there for years and they still feel like the underdogs because yep. of how it felt like at the very beginning. Like they never forget that. And uh, it's kind of hard for me to be like, but y'all have the best show. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. Everybody's killing themselves to get on an EBI. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to see how even in a small area, maybe for jiu-jitsu for Denver, uh, which has its own scene. Yeah. You know, you, you, you might still feel that way, even though it's like, yeah, I think some people's idea of what 10th Planet is, is, is slowly starting to eradicate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we're always going to feel as as a whole team, 10th Planet is always going to feel a little bit like the underdog. And mm. I think that's what makes us special. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I go back home a lot to uh, to Sao Paulo and. Every time I go train there, I get people who are like, who's Eddie Bravo? Like, what EBI? Like, what are you talking about? So I have to go through and explain the whole thing and talk about, you know, he's under Jean-Jacques. Like, come on, you got to yeah. accept this guy. What the hell? Um, so there's, there's still a lot of hate, for sure. Um, when you yeah. do go back home, though, does it feel kind of cool to have established your own kind of jiu-jitsu and... and- kind of doing things and making your own strides here in the States. And, you know, you get to bring some of that back home every once in a while and, you know, really kind of test yourself, like you say, every once in a while. Um, I think, I think I've gotten more respect uh, over the years that I've been training at this one gym there, but it's still, it's still really hard. I, I still see a lot of people that are, you know, a little disrespectful honestly they're just Mm. like well how are you a purple belt if you've never put on a belt you know um i've had black belts ask me that and well i don't know just roll with me you know just (laughs) why do you have to judge i don't care um yeah it's uh but it's nice i get some i have like a, a 
couple of guys that do respect me a lot there at the gym, and they they always call me Edgy Brav. They're like, oh, Edgy Brav, you're here, you know. Like, it's really cool, but you know, I always get, I think I always get a little bit of hate for sure, <laughs> especially being Brazilian and then doing Ten Planet. Like they always bring that up. <laughs> Does that like? But that, that, that doesn't really register with you. You seem so much more chill about it. It's just more so, I'm sure, other people and having to manage whatever it is their expectations might be. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care at all. It's always, you know, their judgments and whatnot. But, yeah, yeah. I get used to it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. And what was, like, uh, family-like over there for you in Brazil? Because... You know, obviously now you're in you're in the states, but what was it like when you told your family, like, "Hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go chase this dream out in America. I'm gonna do it for real." Mm-hmm. Um. So they've, I mean, they've always known that I would be, you know, doing college and whatnot in the states because I, I studied in American school in Sao Paulo, so they knew like I was gonna be gone for college and whatnot. But once I told them, like, "Hey," I'm not going to go work. I'm going to do this thing with jujitsu. Like I'm going to be working at the gym and doing all that. And I've gotten, you know, they've supported me. Um, but they're also like, okay, so when are you, when are you going to go do your own thing? They always used to say that, like, when are you going to go do your own thing? Cause I was, uh, in a relationship with Drew for, for most of it. So, um, they're like, yeah, when are you going to go get your own job and your own life or whatever? And I'm like, this is my life. I'm not doing it because of him. Like, this is my thing. Um, and now that I want EBI trials and I explained to them, like, what EBI is and how, like, it's been a huge dream and everything, and they see that, um, now they, you know, they've understood. They're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, this is this is real. Hmm. So that's cool, too. I got to prove that. <laughs> you know, the nice part is, is going forward that never gets taken away from you that's something that you've earned and that you get as a nice benchmark for future success as well that you're always able to say like well the progression is going to go better from here you know there's only more uh goals to accomplish and more things to knock down and uh, how old are you 26 yeah you got a lot more to go yeah Yeah. you haven't even hit your athletic prime yet so that's when it's uh it's truly at its greatest so you come to the United States. Now I'm starting to get word, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but is California in your future? Um, yeah. So I, uh, two months ago, I thought I would, I would be, like, living in San Diego um, now. Um, but I kind of love traveling to different gyms. So I don't know. Everything's up in the air. I'm waiting for, you know, for the year to be over and, and really see, like, where do I see myself and everything? Um, I, I love my team at 10th Planet Boulder so much, and they've been me. They've been with me throughout. So I don't know. Maybe having like a home base here would be ideal, and then being able to travel between California and Alabama would be so amazing. That would be the dream. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's cool. And I mean, I'm sure part of that is also when you take on senior leadership roles at your own gym you start to realize uh, the valuable information you can give them with a competition that you have, the valuable source that you are as an instructor there. You know, like, yeah. you become a key component of that gym. 
Yeah. So I'm sure that never makes things easier, but uh, it, it is pretty cool if these gyms like San Diego and Decatur are saying like, yeah, come for a week and you go, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon's trying to make me move out to, to Alabama. Oh, and I always tell him like, no, let me just visit and go, come and go. <laughs> Cause you know, living in Alabama, I don't know. It's a little rough. I know Huntsville is awesome. I've been, you know, I've been staying in Huntsville every time I go there now, and it's a great, great town. So to be fair, Maybe. Brandon tries to abduct everybody into Alabama. Oh yeah. And I always tell him, I always go, I'm not going there. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, but why, y'all? Like, it's so much fun, and like, I got a lot of cool students, and you know, it's great classes. And I go, but I live in Los Angeles, dude. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I did my time in the South and the Midwest. I'm good. This is yeah. home. And, uh, <laughs> he, he tries to yell at me, but I, I just tell him, I'm like, you just come back this way. I'm yeah. very excited though, to see, uh, how that progresses for you. So EBI is when? December 9th. Uh, it's in Austin, Texas at the Onnit Academy. Do you have like a little countdown calendar? Are you, you know, what is it happening now? Are, did the minute you get back, you were like, all right, it starts all over again. Now it's time to get ready. Yeah. So I, I got here yesterday and I'm taking two or three full days off from everything mm. so I can just recover for a second. Um, and then I'm jumping back into training camp on Thursday and I leave for Alabama Monday or Sunday. I haven't gotten my flights yet, but I'll be there for the week. And then a couple of days in LA to train with Scott Epstein. Um, and then I'll be back here just to finish like, um, you know, cutting weight at home, which is always best so I can eat properly here. Um, and then it's time. It's that weekend. It's I'm really, really happy fun. that it's not quite after Thanksgiving. Like... <laughs> It's definitely not going to make the best of Thanksgiving for you, but at least it's not like that next weekend. I mean, I never, I never celebrated Thanksgiving. I don't even like Thanksgiving food, so I'm so happy I don't have to eat <laughs> turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, wait. If you don't eat that, what what do you eat at Thanksgiving then? Do you do you just kind of go, nah, I'm not. You guys do your thing. Yeah, I mean, I always. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never liked turkey. So if there's other foods, I'll just eat whatever appetizers or I don't know. And like, uh, pies, American pies. I, I don't like it's, it's unfortunate. Really? Everyone, yeah. Can you do cakes though? Or are you okay with cakes? Yeah. Okay. As long as it's gluten free, I'm, I'm super gluten free. And <laughs> recently like just only eating fish, um, and being with Scott Epstein, I'm, eating vegan around him and everything it's it's really great so <laughs> i mean that's fine i just know that there's a, a war between people who like cake and people who like pie and so oh, i wasn't sure okay. if you fell along those party lines because i was like if you don't eat cake or pie then the fat kid in me is going to have very very fewer things to relate to you on for sure cake for sure cake okay cool <laughs> just just again i understand and the gluten-free that means that you get yeah. the full rich version of whatever it is you're eating because i've like I've definitely bought an into a, a gluten-free chocolate cake and then just been like, oh my God, this is rich. I'm going to have half of this. I can't do this forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's gotten so good lately. Like people have upped their game in, yeah. in baking that I found some cakes that are like 
so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's the case, then, you know, if Thanksgiving's out of the equation and maybe you don't get to have what it is you exactly want, but, but going vegan and having that is going to be very helpful for you. Is yeah. there a certain kind of reward meal that you give yourself considering uh, a couple of those is not necessarily being the same things that people would eat? Uh, say, you know, like a MMA fighter is like, I'll get ribs and I'll get beer and I'll do this. Like, what is your version? Ooh, that's, I was just telling my friend this, like if there was a restaurant that had sushi, tacos, pizza, and Brazilian food, like I would be on cloud nine. <laughs> like, if it had all those, oh my gosh. They should just really – I don't know that anybody would be able to do all of those quite as well, but they should yeah. just have a restaurant back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. And then just literally it would be your job to make sure you get sponsored by that whole row of restaurants. Oh, my gosh. It would be amazing. So let me ask this. If people are tuning in right now and they are looking to hear you sell them as to what they can expect to see from you at EBI, what can you tell them right here right now that they can expect from you on December 9th? Um, I would say very smooth, methodical technique. That's what I'm going for. Beauty. Like when you watch it, it's going to be pretty. <laughs> pretty movements. <laughs> That's actually great. <laughs> I like the idea of, you know, hey, look, you can see ugly jujitsu everywhere else. You look at no, this jiu-jitsu, I mean, this pretty, movement's going to be pretty. Be like technical and, and, and really show that. I don't know. That's a good goal. I like that. I like the fact that you're you're trying to hold it down for the technique uh, fans out there because, you know, every once in a while we get some goonery of people yeah. just going at it and being like, let's just war. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been the smallest person in, in my gym, so like. I, I mean, I started jujitsu weighing 112 pounds, and now I probably walk around at like 120 or something. Um, so <laughs> I've never been big, yeah. and I don't, I don't think that using like a bunch of strength is ever gonna help people. <laughs> so I've got some people I can have you talk to uh, to make yeah. sure, because uh, <laughs> I definitely my favorite is always whenever they have like a new white belt that's super spazzy, they just go yeah. give them the raff. Oh, yeah. You're like the enforcer. I have one of I those. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily the enforcer, but I'm always the guy that they just look around and they go, how are you beating me and doing nothing? And I was like, I don't do shit, but yeah. it can be effective at times. And I just want to make sure you know, the the more yeah. ridiculous you go, the more I contain what you're doing. So yeah. my jujitsu is uh, if I were to describe it, a lot of people like to go and have different things. Mine is literally getting crossword puzzles and diffusing bombs. So if you hand me a puzzle, I literally just go like, oh, no, it's a really bad white belt. All right, let me just pull these two wires, and they're fine. All right, we're good. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's the best. <laughs> that's, that's usually how I get described. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody. There's always like a D1 wrestler that comes in, and I'm like, uh-oh, now I got to go goon. All right, oh, kid, good. sorry. So long, technique. <laughs> Come back in, you know. But for the most part, that's the kind of jujitsu I I always like. And yeah, that's awesome. That I hope uh, emulates the very best of what we aspire for jujitsu. So exactly, that's that's yeah. always kind of the hope there. Well, listen, 
I'm so excited about your progression. I'm excited to see what happens for you. I always know. And you know what's funny? You mentioned that you're crying like a baby. You don't – like that doesn't even register to me. That's just you being as excited as you deserve to be. So it's not like, you know, not everybody sits there and they're going to meme you or anything like that. It's just (laughs) you worked really hard for it and it felt like a release. And it's good that you do the release there because you get it out of your system so you can start the training for the next hard thing. Yeah, I was ready, ready to go. (laughs) uh, So that's pretty great. Can I ask, and maybe we might be too forward in asking this, but can I ask what was the best thing that somebody told you? after you won the whole thing on Sunday? Uh, I mean, there's probably a, a better one that but that I can't remember right now, but off the top of my head, um, Boogie, uh, Richie Martinez, he came up to me probably like five times, and uh, and he was like, yeah, see, I told you, this was your spot. And I'm like, yeah, it was because of you. <laughs> Like, I knew this was my spot. So he just was reiterating, you know, that there were, there was no other way. Like, it was going to be mine, so. That's great. And it's it's a very telling thing when you have somebody who has accomplished as much as he has, especially at EBIs before, who yeah. uh, can tell you that sort of thing. The, the Martinez brothers have a no bullshit filter to them. So yeah. that's pretty it's, spectacular. It's crazy. Uh, when I when I tell like my teammates who I talk to and and what they say to me and everything like they don't believe it because these these are like still celebrities. I mean yeah. to me too, they're still like the celebrities. Crazy, but it's it's really nice to to get that recognition. It it means it means the world. I, I also got a really sweet message from uh, Marvin Castell that he was like. Uh, in full support of whatever, you know, if I wanted to open up my gym or, you know, whatever I wanted to do, that he was in full support of me. And that was that was huge. It was crazy. Well, it's well-deserved. And, you know, it, it's nice to see that you're getting ready. I, I love when people get as excited as we want them to be as fans. You know, like, <laughs> your your reaction is honest and pure because it's like, you know, think about any one of us. Think about any of your friends that you would see win something like this. If they didn't react a little bit like, yeah, this is pretty fucking awesome, you'd start to worry about them and go, no, 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 enjoy this. Yeah, like I, some people don't even smile after they win, and it's like, what? You you only do this <laughs> once. Let's go. Like show all of your excitement, you know? Well, we were, we were joking the other night during the Kasai broadcast, and I didn't know that my, my good friend John Evans didn't know this. But I was like, have you ever seen a Meow Brother throw their medal in the trash? And he's like, no. And I was like, I have. And it's intense. And, you know, from the one perspective, from people who are highly hyper-competitive, they think like, yeah, it's good. It's not settling. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? Throwing something in the garbage is a symbolic gesture that doesn't take away the fact that you still took second. If anything, you keep that medal and you have it stare at you until you take home a better one if that's how you operate. Like, exactly. I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. I never did. Um, I was always like, seize the day, whatever. Yeah. You know, if you lose, like, good. <laughs> you were meant to lose then, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't ever, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like uh, 
it's going to be really funny seeing what comes up next for you in terms of your training. It's going to be great to see what kinds of ridiculous foods you get yourself into. All of your gluten-free food after in celebration of what happens after December 9th. But I'm very much looking forward to see you out there. Before we get you on out of here, can we ask if you could take care of any sponsors? Uh, well, I'm wearing BJJ tees. They are awesome. Um, shout out to them. And Bella Strength in Boulder, Colorado. They're my strength and conditioning gym. Um, ooh, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil, the best. Keeps me in training and sleeping well. <laughs> um, and I think that's about it. Well, Fabiana, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we were able to catch up with you. As I mentioned to you earlier, you know, it always sucks when I can't get out to every single event, but I do try my best to reach out to those folks who I think do exceptional things. And when I saw you won and I saw, uh, you know, the matches and I saw how it all went down, I just thought I was like, well, we've got we to gotta do some work here. I got to go ahead and see if I can reach out to you before the real training comes in and you then you have to do an interview where you go, Raph, I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm knee deep in on a weight cut and I'm grumpy. I was like, yeah. nah, let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Not a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Fabiana, George, everybody. Yeah.